Discover new mind and body hacks to thrive as a human today. The Institute for Aliveness is here to teach you all the things you never learned in school. From talking poop, sex, childhood trauma, emotional intelligence, psychedelics, and of course, fasting and food. This is a podcast that changes lives. Join your host, Dr. Andrea Page, as she travels seven continents to find the most captivating, impactful humans for you. Hi. In the following interview, I sit down with Tiffany Mercer, who contacted me, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago to be a part of her online series called Thrive. I'm sure at that point in time, I talked to her a lot about the individual's agency and ability to heal sovereignly by taking responsibility for the foundations of health, which you, listener, must know very well from seasons one through four, right? These are the regulation of the nervous system, hydration, elimination, and enough time for restoration. And uh, that those were really the source codes of thriving. Well, we sit down today and we talk about uh, the deeper layers of healing. Tiffany in her own life and her own world has it seems, evolved quite a bit from a personal trainer. She started to work with the whole human and she realizes that really the blockades to getting what you want, whether that's a beautiful body or to feel good in that body, are often more, let's say, psychosomatic or um, the blockades might be more in the emotional or the mental than they are in the physical because a body, you know, will just do what it's being told to do by the brain. And so at the end of the day, it comes back to our relationship with ourselves. And so we sit down for a beautiful, candid interview. I think I made her cry at the end. <laughs> Beautifully, in a good way, <laughs> where uh, we talk about uh, not only the aspect of human evolution, and what that means in the current world, the importance of role models as well as standards. And uh, we get into talking about interpersonal dynamics, especially with the family of origin and what we can do for healing on those levels. And so I encourage all of you, whomever you are, to listen all the way through and enjoy. Welcome everybody back to The Secrets to Thriving. I'm so happy to have you here. By now you probably know that I'm Tiffany Mercer, your host for the series and intuitive body guide. So still working with your body just like I did as a personal trainer, except that instead of trying to get you to fit into society's boxes or follow different diets or different workout plans, we're looking at your body because it holds all the wisdom. And there's so much more to thriving than just counting calories, counting reps, and looking good and thinking that that alone is going to raise your energy. There's so much more to it. So thank you for being here. And I do want to welcome Andy. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, my pleasure. It's beautiful to, to hear you introduce that also and have my own moment of kind of reflection on the um, the greater shift that's happened since we last spoke in the mainstream world. And um, yeah, this is a door that I've been knocking on, the inner door, for about 15 years. So it's it's beautiful to have it, have more people knocking on the door inside. Yeah. Yes. And I love that analogy, knocking on the door. I love that. So, yes. Yeah, so we have talked before on the first Secrets to Thriving Summit. So I'm so happy to have you back. Um, one of the pieces of our conversation that still makes me smile every time I think about it is you were talking about how we're actually designed to poop, like not sitting on a toilet, but like in a squatting position. I think you like, you got up and showed everybody the position. I just thought that was so funny and great that we can just be talking about poop. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's interview. It's very norm in our realm. 
Yes, and I love that. So will you tell people a little bit about what you are doing in the world right now? Well, I'm drinking water currently. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I spent the past three years um, building the Institute for Aliveness, which is essentially, uh, it started as the disinheritance of my career when I left uh, my career in health and wellness, working as a naturopath and teaching advanced yoga teacher trainings. There was really no one who was doing the work I was doing, which was taking all of the signs, like you say, signals from the body, not only signals from the body, but signals from our surroundings and society and being able to interpret them in a way that would uh, add more value and meaning in, in the individual human life, essentially using our physiology as a source code of understanding how we are interacting with responding to um, and showing up in different situations. And by tapping into the physiology, learning from it, listening to the body, we can learn to enhance our entire existence and that's how we show up in the world and, and the changes that we make around us. And so, um, yeah, whereas the Institute started as a way to train others to uh, do this, which is what we call applied epigenetics, understanding that it is not only our surroundings, right, the environment of nurture, but also uh, how we choose to interface with our nature or that which is within us. Um, and, and through coming, it's like a top down and bottom up scheme, but it's outside in and inside out. Um, through coming from di both directions, we can really transform our existence and how we uh, interrelate with everything in our lives. And so um, that is applied epigenetics, and that is what uh, the Institute for Aliveness is here to share with the world um, in a very kind of, I mean, cutting edge is sure, sure one part of it, but um, deeply ancient as well way of, of simple introspection. And um, yeah, we bring we bring to life many different things. So um, I'm here working at the frontier of the evolution of our species, um, because we do believe that uh, a little bit of our devolution into fast food eating obese, um, you know, traumatized beings who don't have any skills for true human connection or, or communication, um, that this isn't really the end of the road for humanity. And we hope that there can be more. And um, just like that good old Gandhian proverb, we do believe that change starts from within. And so uh, the Institute for Aliveness hosts hero's journey experiences for those who are ripe and ready and willing to really lean in to all the mm -hmm. dark places inside where we've um, turned away from before because it was too scary. And so that's what I've been working on on one front. Uh, I also have a, a startup that's an online fasting program that was probably around when we last spoke. Um, we did talk about fasting, yeah. Yeah. And we host uh, one week online virtual fasting retreats with people from all over the world um, that are nearly guaranteed life changers and have been for many influential people over the past five years that that's been in operation. Um, and so the Institute for Aliveness and the Initiation are a little bit of sister companies uh, and they work hand in hand. So that's how I've been spending a lot of my time other than playing with puppies and kids and you know, yeah, try, trying awesome. to sleep when I can. <laughs> yes, I love so much about what you're doing in that introduction and i think that a lot of people who are here watching this series are people who are ready to go beyond that they're saying that the way we've been doing things mm -hmm. isn't working mm -hmm. anymore and we're ready to look at change look at what can be better probably starting with like for for myself as the individual 
But I know that when we as individuals start healing and changing things, that's what allows all the rest of us to heal too. So I think this is perfect. I'm excited to dive in. Um, So I did want to start though. uh, I mentioned this earlier to you when I was looking back at your page to get in contact with you again, you talk about raising the standard for humanity. I think you did touch on that a little bit in your introduction, but go a little bit deeper into that. Tell us more about what that is. Yeah, it's a bit complicated. You know, I was interviewed on a podcast about three years ago now, um, probably almost exactly to the date um, where I did a whole podcast on this. It's it's we co-released it on the uh, Institute for Aliveness podcast. And so you can find it if you search standards, if people want to hear more. But when I soften into what's changed over these years and um, the ways in which I would maybe perhaps define things differently, um, mm-hmm. it would be not only that there needs to be a standard set because otherwise right, we devolve because it's, it's this sense of, and humanity is very much out of bifurcation going in one way where it's, you know, oh, you can't fat shame and you must include everyone. And, um, you know, everyone's fighting a battle that you, you know, you know nothing about. And all of this is true, right? All of that's wonderful and valiant. And however, if that's the end of our conversation, and we don't talk also about human potential and agency mm-hmm. and self-responsibility and also trauma, right? And what is the reason that brings all of us, regardless of our weight, back to that bag of chips or back to, you know, emotional eating is real. And that's what we probably talked to last interview a lot through fasting. Um, unless we kind of cut under to that undercurrent, then what conversation are we actually having as humanity? And so um, standards are simply ways to start to understand the ladder, right? That we all individually can climb. Not that this is a competition of who's, you know, climbing ladders or who's on a higher ladder or anything like that. It's, it's you and yourself. You know, where were you five years ago? Anyone listening, mm-hmm. right? Who were you then? How were you in your body then? Who and how are you right now? And what is the emotional response inside when you think about that? and the difference. And some of you will be like, I am so on the ball now. I have never taken better care of myself. Others of you will be like, you don't want to know what's happened to me these past five years. Of course, I've fallen off the rails. And, you know, that's difficult for me and emotionally something that I don't want to look at. And, And when we can actually lean into those places that we would otherwise ignore, or say, no, don't go there, right? That if it's fat shaming or if it's, no, you have to feel good about yourself, this kind of superficial um, positive thinking implant, um, that it's not actually hearing the robustness of our souls and and the key that they want to be heard. And so um, learning to listen and lean into the uncomfortable places inside of us, learning to have those conversations with others, learning to have people who hold us accountable to show up differently rather than showing up in a trauma response or a reaction or a, you know, finger pointed outward, you're wrong, um, or that's bad or whatever. We, we sit in the discomfort rather than jumping to the conclusion or the opinion or the, the mind's story that it wants to tell to protect the deep pain that's inside of anyone alive today's soul. Mm -hmm. And so, um, standards (laughs) standards <laughs> are a little bit of a roadmap of where each individual can go to in, in our own personal evolution. 
and uh, we have a quiz at Tifa called the Woke Index, which are, it was a little, um, it was a joke to the Northern California woke scene. <laughs> um, but it's a woke index to say how much accountability and awareness do you have in every area of your life from, you know, of course, your personal health, of course, your dietary health, of course, your hydration, your sleep, all of these things. How about your relational health? How about your relationship to your family, right? How about your sexual health? How about your relationship to your body in other ways other than putting it, you know, into a workout machine or a routine or doing this with it or shoving that in it? Like, how about sensuality? How about dropping into a deeper sense, a felt sense of what it actually means to be human? And, and all of these other things, we kind of, it's, it's just like a, an index where you get to sit with yourself and see where you are without any necessary judgment around it of this is good or bad or right or wrong or you're far behind or whatever standards are simply right a framework or an outline so that we know individually where we can all grow and that we have a bar set that each individual can start to ascend towards based upon their own path and where they are in their own timeline so um yeah and, and i'll say the last part of it i know i'm on my soapbox here <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Tiffany's like, I remember interviewing her. She never stops talking. Um, the, the last little part here is um, that as soon as we set standards, right, that part of us that has been insulted in the past, that was disciplined by our parents, that was told by someone at some point in our evolution, you're not enough, right? Mm -hmm. That part of us that's still wounded from that experience that probably happened under the age of seven, that part comes forth and says, oh, what, what about me? I, like these standards, that means that I'm not enough, right? And it almost reinforces that wound. And yes, that is the double side of, of the, you know, the sword or the knife that it can cut through and create a tremendous amount of clarity. And it can mm -hmm. also hurt. And that is living in the world of duality. And so we've kind of, we've come to a reconciling at Tifa that not only are we not, part of the woke or the political correct agenda of trying to tiptoe around and not step on anyone's toes. Like we're here to, in many ways, disrupt, hopefully yeah. with grace and hopefully with lots of love and smiles and tears. But right, the human species has become complacent and it does need to be disrupted, especially in the world of wellness and healing and health and self-reflection or lack thereof and you know, new communication skills. And so these standards, whereas on an individual level, they do and will and can make people feel like, oh, I'm not enough. It's like, okay, cool. Hear that voice inside of you. Don't believe it, right? Because it's a trauma response speaking, but realize that it's there. And what else is there? Who else is there to also speak and also hold your back and support you and allow you to breathe more deeply into your lower belly? And how can all of that within you exist at once? And so, yeah, that's how I'd answer the question about standards. <laughs> yes, yes. And I love that. And that's why, even though I've kind of shifted my title from personal trainer, I have not stopped. Like, you still have a goal that we're going to work towards. Because exactly what you're saying, that having this goal that you're working towards brings up all of these wounds and this pain and these beliefs and it is uncomfortable absolutely and it can even be wildly painful sometimes but all of that leads to the freedom and the healing and the growth 
and to you stepping into not only a physical body that you feel like represents who you truly are, but you being able to fully step into the power of your gifts and your wisdom and everything that you're here to contribute and to just be in the world. And that, that all gets healed through the initial, um, push, I guess, or that knife of, we have a goal that you're going to be working towards. So same idea as having the standards. Totally. And that's what the standards are. You know, if you don't have role models, then you don't even know that what you want to evolve into exists. And so that sense of standards is like, okay, all of you listening right now, can you think of three people in your life? Maybe one completely exists the, in, in the embodiment realm, right? They're so in their body. They know how to be present in every moment. Their breath is regulated. Their nervous system is regulated. Of course, they're gorgeous, right? They show up with this sense of just cool, calm, and beauty, right? Maybe one in the realm of emotions and empathy, right? Who is the human in your life who shows up totally attentive and aware, who has an excellent communication skills and is able to really touch everyone and hear and listen really clearly as well as eloquate whatever it is that they want to say with such exactitude. Who's that person? And then maybe you have someone, I don't know, on the relational front or the workplace front or, you know, the creativity front, whatever it is. And that person who is, you know, someone you look towards as a North Star, right, to guide you somewhere. Those are standards, right? They're showing you what can be with evolution of an individual, whether it's in this specific vertical or robustly in, in the entirety of our existence. And so that that's what Tifa is here for, the Institute for Aliveness. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the standard as, you kind of said this earlier, but I felt like what you just said really clarified it. Mm. Not a standard in the way of this is a real rule and you should yeah. be doing this, but a standard in the way of yeah, this, this is what's possible. This is who you can be. Yeah. And I think it's why we love superhero stories mm. so much. It's because it's somebody who, on whatever level, feels not special, but then learns into learns to step into those things and can change the whole world around them. Yeah. And there's, there's a, another thing that we're rebirthing at Tifa, which is the collective. Right. In the day and age of personal branding, which has exponentially grown right, since we last spoke in a way that um, I think everyone who has half a, <laughs> half a speck of awareness can see that there's a lot of um, sellout-ism that's happening. There's a lot of inauthenticity. There's a lot of um, more falsity that's happening in the world and uh, over the past you know, handful of years, three, four, five years. And in the age of personal branding, we've forgotten about the fact that we're all one species. We've forgotten about the collective. We've forgotten about any familial sense. I mean, and this also comes hand in hand with the um, late stage capitalism, hyper individualism that our species is facing with everyone living in their own apartment complex, having their own car, having this sense of isolation. I mean, COVID just is the cherry on top where... Um, we're so heavily disconnected from one another that we've forgotten that there is a greater good at play. And when you bring right, the mythic reality of a superhero into the conversation, that that superhero remembers that there's a greater good that has a lot more to do with, you know, 
the greater good than does Clark Kent or, mm-hmm. you know, any of the other superheroes' default world names. That um, there is this collective, there is something that they can plug into that um, is, in essence, aligned with any kind of spiritual path, right? The mm-hmm. oneness of everything in existence. And when we act from that and act less from, you know, the personal brand or the personal achievement or what we're hoping to get out of this or what we're doing for our paycheck or our own, you know, sense of self-worth and all these kinds of reactive things that have come up in the self-growth world, um, uh, that that can actually heal a lot. Um, And in in academia, we call it uh, the social risk network. And this is an anthropological concept of when you look at any kind of tribe or culture and you see essentially, um, you can think of it like life's bodyguards, like who's Mm -hmm. got your back if shit hits the fan. And that's your social (laughs) risk network. And the more that you give to a collective, the more you will in turn receive and the more people Mm -hmm. will have your back. Um, And that, in essence, is a huge superpower because it's... um, it's survival it's you know it's it's the bank account that you have for survival and so yeah we've we've totally unplugged from that and so at the institute for example um the graduates of the institute will co-own the institute and so it's a true yeah decentralized project that um is is totally intertwined with and wrapped around the entire essence of the collective Um, and it's something very very different that is beautiful i love that and i think it's so important too for for people to really realize that their healing gives space for other people to heal it gives permission for others to heal and that when like if when i heal my and not enoughness or my worthiness or my insecurities or my fears when i heal those I can show up and I can spread all of that to everyone around me. And then those people can spread it to everyone around them. And so it's a a lot of people that I talk to, I hear them talking about, well, it feels selfish to be taking care of myself on this level, to be putting this amount of money into myself or taking the time to do my movement or the money and time that I'm putting into the food I'm eating, it feels selfish. There's so many other things in my life I've got to do, but I think it's so important to realize that what, what you are giving to yourself, you are giving to others because of like you're saying that oneness. Yeah. I mean, there's the, there's definitely the old adage. You can't pour from an empty cup. If, if anyone listening has not heard that, please write it down and put it on your wall because it's something super important to remind ourselves at all times. Um, because that like, if you go deep into spiritual texts and spiritual study and, uh, at the Institute for Aliveness, our 18 month master's program in applied epigenetics, our second semester is mind. Uh, and we bring up the Vedic concept uh, from the Himalayas of Maya or illusion, right? Mm-hmm. And so just like mental gymnastics, everyone play with me for a second. Just like if you were going into a metaverse or an alternative reality, right? No one else is real but you, right? You're the only one real. And everything else you see around you is a reflection of what's happening deep inside of you. Mm-hmm. And if you can shift your perspective to entertain that even momentarily, 
right? Then you see that what, whatever you're doing inside in that microcosm will directly influence and affect what shows up in the macrocosm. And mm. so at the end of the day, it's all an inside job, you know? And people think that, oh, the more good deeds that they do or the more money they donate to charity or whatever story they might be telling if they can own that they're telling a story, um, it's, that's outside, <laughs> you know, that's external. And at the end of the day, if they're going home and they're not in a happy marriage or if they're not honest with their children or if they don't have a good relationship with their parents or if there's emotional eating or if they're, you know, whatever kind of other bad habit out of control, social media, that's a huge one, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, then, then it's like, okay, well, let's talk because yeah. it's an inside job. And for everyone at the end of the day, yourself, myself included, mm-hmm. it's an inside job. And so, yeah, I really appreciate what you said. And, and especially um, in light of standards as um, an evolutionary potential. So I want to clarify something uh, that you said when I've, I think your words were something like when I've healed my self-worth issues or I've healed the whatever. And I think that that's an important misconception to um, point out for anyone listening because there is no healed, right? It is an constant effervescent process of healing right that there is no balance that health yes is balance and that that in itself is a constant recalibration of who we are how we are and how we're showing up because every single day is different you can never step in the same river twice and there is no static in human right that is the the definition of life is it's always evolving and so um in light of that, what I want to say is that I think that as we ascend the ladder, you kind of, you, you come to a new level of peace with that which you once weren't able to look at, right? And rather than becoming complacent, you choose differently and slowly over time, you heal the responses, right? So those feelings of worthlessness or whatever they are, they're not ruling your actions anymore. They're not driving the car. They're not taking up. of your thoughts. Instead, when they come, you're like, oh, hey, you, cool. Mm, Come here, my little four-year-old self. Let me give you a kiss. (sighs) You know, and then eventually that four-year-old self is like, hey, this world's a friendly place. I'm valued. I'm worth it. And, And it, you know, it takes up less time and space, but there is no concept of something that needs to be healed or an end point or whatever. It's a constant process. And the more that we can put our arms around those disparate parts of ourself as well as one another then the more love that we experience full stop Mm, thank you for that clarification yeah yeah so as we're talking about you're you're really talking about interpersonal dynamics and relationships and a tricky one especially for those of us who are breaking patterns that we we learned in childhood it can feel very uh, difficult to have relationship with that family of origin Mm. that introduced us to those patterns that we're now trying to break. Um, What can that look like? The the work and the healing that you're doing, what can that look like as far as healing in a family setting? So much. I mean, not only family, but also relationally um, with partners and friends and colleagues and everywhere. Um, and in essence, it's when we show up differently, we evoke 
a different response from the other. And so how many times have you, listener, <laughs> sat here or sat wherever you are, right? Or sat in another place nearby where you are, right? Down the couch. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thought to yourself or felt in your body the same story, just with different characters. Yeah. Whatever you're going through right now, think of the most difficult interpersonal thing in your life. You felt that way before now, right? You've probably crossed that that road before, that bridge before, and there were different people around you, but somehow it's the same story. And yet the common denominator thus is you. And so that's where we have to look if we want to change the events that are happening. We have to change who and how we're showing up as. And so again, the inside job, knocking on that inner door and um, essentially, like, I can give you a, a ton of um, examples, but anything from, um, you know, people who felt very misunderstood and ostracized by their parents and just wanted their parents to change as they go through their own personal evolution, they're able to show up in a regulated nervous system to love their parents and to be there and to be super grateful rather than focusing on what their parents didn't give them or what their parents did wrong to them, right? They're focusing on the beauty and the fact that, fuck, their parents changed their diapers, right? And came, raced home from work when they would have rather done a million things mm-hmm. when they were a child. That they, These are the people that literally raised them. Mm-hmm. It's making me emotional. It's just like the amount of... Um, that sense of being taken for granted. And that's part of the responsibility and the, the part of the path, perhaps, of the parent, <laughs> right? The shadow side of the mother, or as in astrology, we think of it as cancer, is resentment, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the mother wants, you, you'll never know how much you've given, I've given you or I've given up for you. And how many of you have heard that from your parents, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yet the child cannot know and the child will never know that that's part of the contract the parent-child mm-hmm. have signed in the essence. And, you know, parents always wait until uh, their kids have kids and then maybe they'll understand. Um, mm-hmm. But still, there's, there's such intimacy in, in relating and there's such intimacy in intergenerational inheritance because it's a lot more than genetics, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is patterns of thought, it's perspectives, it's attachment patterns. And for anyone who hasn't studied attachment patterns, this is one of the um, kind of core pillars of the work that we do at TIFA, um, as well as uh, at our one of our faculties, Institutes of Relating, that uh, looking at um, the styles of how our nervous system's programmed. And you, you know about attachment patterns, Tiffany? Yep. Would you like me to review them quickly for the audience or? Sure, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So essentially it's about early childhood development. It's about when you were in cradle, let's say. Um, when your nervous system got dysregulated, how did you attach? Well, how did you uh, regulate your nervous system? Was it because you needed someone else to soothe you, right? So you relied on that other person. That's what we call anxious attachment, right? Were you needing to be in your cradle alone with everyone else away? Were you soothed yourself? That's what we call avoidant attachment. Right? And, um, and or was 
it chaos everywhere in your house where no matter if you were with someone or you were in your cradle alone you couldn't soothe yourself and so you were almost always dysregulated because you grew up in you know a house of abuse or a house of drugs or alcohol or a war-torn territory or you know just not things weren't safe and mm-hmm. your primary caregivers were dysregulated um, then that's what we call um, disorganized attachment where you go back and forth from anxious to um, avoidant and then very few people these days are actually securely attached where it doesn't matter what situation they're in or what they're doing or if they're snuggling with someone or if they're alone they're fine and they're regulated mm-hmm. and um, this when you start to get into understanding attachment patterns and it's a big part of our 18-month course like you you, you come to a place where um, you're like oh wow this is governing everything I do right And um, this was a lot of my journey over the past five years since we've spoken of um, leaning into my own avoidance because it's what made me so hyper-productive in life was that Mm -hmm. I was able to go and do it alone and I was able to self-source and regulate and whatever. But it's also what kept me away from a lot of opportunities for intimacy and relationship. And um, so in, in the past few years of reprogramming my nervous system, right, it's opened up a whole nother you know, room of exploration in this castle of human existence. And a lot of people spend their life avoiding or spend their life needing someone or, you know, Mm -hmm. and and when we can somehow find again that balance or that sense of um, peace, really, um, through our early childhood experiences uh, and reprogram the nervous system, that takes time and effort. Uh, then we find freedom from a lot of the relational dramas, whether they be with our parents and family of origin or whether they be with a romantic partner. And so I went into attachment theory because um, it is passed down from parent to child, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, however, your parents had parents. (laughs) Yeah. And your grandparents had parents. Right? And there were more parents and parents and parents, generation and generation before that. And so many of these ways of being and incompetencies in many ways of humans to just let go because of our swollen prefrontal cortex. We have evolved, many would say, far above and beyond in terms of complexity, most other animals or mammals. And, and we have you know, this big old brain that we carry around on our backs and it sometimes gets us in our own ways. Anyone think too much? Anyone overthink? Anyone make things difficult by just making up stories that aren't actually true? Right? I would recommend the the work of Byron Katie. That's one of the first of the four questions. Is it true? (laughs) Second one, how do I know it's true? Right? And, and, And I would kind of interject in there, question two and a half, which part of you knows it's true? Mm. is it the part of you that's hurt because fuck, there are parts that are hurt inside of all of us and until we admit that and we just sit with it and allow it some space to breathe we can't go anywhere yeah 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 so anyway uh family of origin stuff you know great old ram das who was one of my greatest teachers um formerly richard alpert harvard professor who uh, was a student of Neem Karoli Baba in India in the 60s and came back in the 70s and uh, very much jump-started, spiked, however you want to think about it, the psychedelic renaissance, um, the psychedelic revolution first time around, 
with his research on uh, LSD at Harvard, and then later went to be one of the greatest spiritual teachers of last century. He has a famous quote, think you're enlightened, go home and meet your family. Yeah. Right? So, yes. Oh my gosh. And I can, I can attest that, yes, when I'm in my own space where I've created the safety and, and the growth and, and everything here, this space feels very good. And I'm in this space. I can show up as my best self. Yeah. I'm regulated. I, I have access to my whole brain. Um, I, I feel good and I'm able to be loving and patient and understanding and thoughtful, but holidays come. <laughs> and then when I go around my family, there's times where I'm like, have I done any healing at all? Yeah. <laughs> have I made any progress at all? Yeah. And these, I mean, this is, this, it's the greatest mirror, right? It's the greatest benchmark setting. Because, you know, Tiffany, we could talk in five years and you'll have had at least five more times, if not more than that, of going home and visiting your family. And each time you'll see incremental change and difference. And how thankful can you be for them holding up that mirror for you to be able to look into, to see where you are on your path. And that's the beauty of it. And I think if I could give any, because, you know, I've been at this for 15 years and I'm actually visiting my, my parents right now. We had a family holiday over the weekend and... um and it always kind of makes me laugh when other people don't manage it as well as me. Because, of course, you think everyone just, you know, why can't everyone just be chill with whatever? And and no, when people are still stuck in trauma response patterns that show up as, you know, gritting your jaw, rolling your eyes, holding your breath, wishing things were otherwise, thinking someone's a bad person. All of these kinds of responses, that's a trauma response that tells you so much more about you than it does about them. Or the situation, that it's never situational. It's If you are emotionally dysregulated, it's not about what's happening. Sorry. If you are emotionally dysregulated for more than three minutes, right, it's intrinsic. It's not about extrinsic. It's not about what's happening in that moment. It's about, you know, something else. And this was just another event to tickle it inside of you and bring it back up and say, like, hey, time to look at this. Right? And so... What's really being tested in those situations is your resilience, um, how willing you are, again, to say, hi, four-year-old part of myself, like how tuned or strengthened the muscle of connection to the oneness, the spirit that we talked about before, the place where everything's okay and the place where, fuck, everyone's trying their best and humans are beautiful and life is beautiful. How attuned and connected are you, you to that part of you? That it can hold space, if you will, for the four, three, seven-year-old part of you that's having that response and speaking out in that moment. And over time, right, as you strengthen that connection to acceptance of everything and all it is in your life and what's happening at every moment on your path, exactly as it's meant to be, right? Then it, and that's not like some disembodied concept of spirituality. It's like, no, this is deeply embodied physiological regulation that you are attuned to that Mm -hmm. then these situations that come with your family will come as like love and and a sense of you know humor and a sense of embrace rather than putting up the shields or pushing away or emotional coldness how much hope is in that statement for so many people that's so beautiful yeah 
so much. And I know yeah. both of us talk about this probably all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time, your energy, your presence, um, the clarity that you brought. I really appreciate having you on here today. So thank you. You're so welcome, Tiffany. Yeah. If I could say a last thing to the audience, I think it would be start with baby steps with anything, right? Whether it's, of course, your workout routine or your diet or your hydration. Like, celebrate the small wins. Take deep breaths. You know, when you go home to see mom, just keep taking those deep breaths and focus on your hydration and the deep breaths and focus on thinking about her mom and focus on thinking about what's actually happening here. What is the bigger picture? Not what is the story that's being told in this moment. Right, but what are people asking for that they're not getting? Because at the end of the day, all we really want is to be seen and loved. Right? Maybe a little hug. Yeah. If we feel safe enough. Yeah. And when we can come back to that humanness, and as you mentioned before, the regulation of the nervous system, which can lead to access to the prefrontal cortex rather than amygdala response to the midbrain overfiring, then we'll be able to show up with that deep connection to the effervescent perfection of all things in existence or the oneness or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yes. And you do have a free gift to offer everybody that goes right along with what we've been talking about. Yeah. Can you tell them a little bit about that? Yeah. So at TIFA, the Institute for Aliveness, we've made um, kind of worksheet handout games, however you want to think about it. Uh, we have one for relationships. We have one for um, your personal inventory of your life. I mentioned it before, the woke index. We have one for family as well. Uh, we have a sex index. We have lots of different kind of checklists. It's like a personal quiz to see where you are. And uh, the one that we'll be sending to you is um, for relating more deeply with your family. So on here, you'll see questions uh, where you ask your family of origin you can do it independently with either of your parents if you still have the blessing of having them with you on earth um, and you'll go into asking questions about your childhood asking questions of their perception of you uh, as well as perhaps having space to be able to share some things with them that are outside of the norm and the biggest thing that we recommend for this is that you carve out time and space so maybe an hour to two hours that you have a silent place that you know, it's comfortable, you have water, whatever you might need to regulate, that um, no one's going to be disrupting you, that you have their consent, that's probably the biggest thing to prepare, <laughs> that they're willing to do this with you, and you can tell them they, you were assigned by Tiffany to go and do this, <laughs> or whatever, yeah. whatever you need to say, this is my homework for this thing that I'm, I'm practicing, or whatever it is, and ask if they'd be willing to participate, and what it is, is an opportunity to create intimacy um, in relationships that would otherwise maintain a complacency. And, uh, and if anyone feels complacent with your family of origin, where it's just like, oh, how's the weather? Mm, oh, you got a new job. Yeah, your kid, how they're growing up. And it's not, you're not actually talking about what it means for you right now to be human, right? And what is your hero's journey, dad? Right, where have you come from? How did you see the world when you were 22? What was your worldview? And, and asking those deeper questions because this modern society doesn't really hold a space for us to be able to do that. And so this is really a, a framework and a structure for you to have opportunity. And we have overwhelmingly um, positive <laughs> reviews from, from the many that have tried it. And um, 
the path of intimacy which it paves uh, with specifically parents is is quite powerful so yeah, yeah. I wish you all the best in, in doing it and the hardest thing about doing it is is arranging it right once you're there and you're in it it's easy it's just about having the courage to step into that deep end you know because it's so much safer and easier and you know more convenient and feels better to swim in the shallow right who wants to go in the deep you don't know what's there and yeah it's like no dive in dive in yes oh my gosh Thank you so much again for your time and for this beautiful gift. I know it's something that is really meaningful in my life. Um, as I, I grew up wounded and then separated from my parents because I felt like there's, there's too much hurt. There's too much misunderstanding, but still feeling love for my whole family, not just my parents feeling love for my family, but feeling like I don't know how to exist now as I'm healing, growing, changing, I don't fit anymore mm -hmm. in the family dynamic. Mm -hmm. And that period has been painful to me. And so the idea of healing, connection, intimacy with my family, coming from me as, as my whole true self, you couldn't put a dollar amount on that yeah. kind of a gift. Yeah. 100%, 100%. And that, you know, that's what we deal in <laughs> is that <laughs> yeah. sense of like the things that are literally priceless, mm -hmm. right? That's what's worth investing in. And that's, that's everything that we do at Tifa is it's yeah. that kind of thing that can't be sold to you on an Instagram ad, right? Or one more reel or carousel won't teach you because they're experiences that you steward yourself through. Yes. yes, and this is a framework that you can use to hold on to while you're doing that. So I wish you the best of luck. I hope that you do the exercise, Tiffany. I want to hear how it is from you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And every time you feel like running away, because it'll happen, right? Because it's happened before. You just told me. <laughs> right. That's when you take your deep breath and you lean in and have some hot tea there. And, you know, own it. Say, Mom, this is really hard for me. I love you so much. And everything, there's part inside of me that wants to run away right now. And I'm leaning in and I'm here because I want so badly to deepen our relationship. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, thank you. And obviously, I... I see incredible value in Andy and the Institute for Aliveness and everything that she's doing there. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you for being willing to show up for yourselves during this series. So how was it? Did you like it? Thank you so much for listening and joining us for season seven of the Vitality Podcast with the Institute for Aliveness. It is my great pleasure to share these conversations and reflections and my lectures from all over the world with you in the comfort of your own home or on your jogging path or on your way to the grocery store, wherever you might be right now. At the Institute for Aliveness, we are here to hold higher standards for humanity, to kind of cast a light upon the path to evolution, personal evolution, that involves much more than just the body or the mind, but really the cohesive, holistic nature, the robustness of who and how we are showing up as a human today, and where our personal inventory of our past and what's made us the way we are from a neurological, neurobiological level 
to a physical level and to take agency for that and decide how we want to drive and where we want to drive in the future. And so there's no like to no day like today to fully embrace and take into account the agency for you and the life that you're living. It may be a beautiful one. We're sending you so much love here from Tifa headquarters and we hope that you'll come and join us for a short course soon. I was listening to that for you. If you learned from or moved by the episode, pay it forward. Go to Apple now and leave a five-star review so others can benefit. Join the Institute for Aliveness for a one-week transformational fasting experience. Consider getting an astrology reading from Andy or enroll in the one-year health coach certification course. Whatever you do, don't let this learning pass you by. Do something now to impact your lifestyle for good.